Well, I got called out by my son the other day, and he wasn't wrong. Welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Have you ever been called out by your kid? How did that make you feel? Did you get upset? Did you feel like you needed to defend your stance and why you did what you did? I want to tell you my thoughts and observations on my experience today. If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. So way back when, let's call it the old school saga, I remember when people would call their parents out or back talk. This is how it was always dubbed. Mom or dad would say something and then the kid would say, but you said, or why would we do that? Or you promised this, they would have some sort of a rebuttal to what their parent instructed them or stated, and then it was, you you just want to back up at that point. At that point, you, even if you're too close, could be a recipient of what was about to be handed out. And when I say handed out, I mean, there was a hand that was typically flying to the face of the kid that just said what they said. It was a backhand or it was a pop on the mouth, or it was just uh, whatever. I happen to connect with is whatever I happen to connect with. That wasn't something that was tolerated back in the day. And there's still some who don't tolerate it. And I understand to an extent why people react this way, because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to get called out by a kid. Part of the reason is we like to parade around like we've got everything under control. And the reality is, is we don't, and neither does anybody else. Life and our existence would be so much more enjoyable, I think, if we would just parade around like we don't have everything under control, like we're just trying to do the best that we can with what we've got, because that's what everyone else is doing. Honestly, it does not matter how much money you have, how many followers you have on social media, doesn't matter where you rank at the company. It doesn't matter if you own the company. There is nothing that puts you in control of what happens in your life. You might be positioned to have better control or more control, but it just takes one thing. It takes one phone call. It takes one diagnosis. One little thing in a day can happen and everything in your life can spiral out of control. That's the reality for everyone. Maybe you can get better treatment for the disease that you find out that you have or that a spouse has or that a child has. But if it's incurable, you have to rely on faith and hope. It's a good thing to rely on, but still, you don't get to control that. There's so many things that can happen. You can get a phone call from a police officer about someone in your family being in an accident and no amount of money. No amount of followers, no amount of status can bring them back from the grave. It just takes one day, one instance, one moment 
and everyone on this planet would find themselves in a place where they're not in control. I wish we would just accept that reality and parade around that way. But instead, what we typically do is we parade around like we've got everything under control. People ask us how we're doing, and we're always good. I find it really funny when people ask me how I'm doing. I try to give them an honest answer now, and they typically give me a look like, oh, man, I was just asking this out of obligation. I really didn't care. It's, it's really funny. You should try that. If you're having a bad day, tell someone, man, my day sucks, and, and see how they respond because they're not going to be prepared for that. Very funny. Anyway, if we would just parade around like we're not in control, like we make mistakes that we're just, we are held together by the grace of God. If that's how we would function, I don't think we would have these issues with our kids calling us out. Because when we parade around like, oh, we've got it all under control, and then our kid is the one who's like, um, no, you don't because you said this and you didn't do that, or you said you would do this and now you're doing this instead, or you said this would always be a dumb thing to do and now you're saying we should do it, and they call you out like, oh, now I make mistakes. And now everyone knows that I make mistakes, like everyone didn't already know that. So now you think everyone knows I make mistakes now. Everyone knows that I'm not perfect now. And someone that I'm supposed to be a superior to is the one who has called me out. And what happens is when we get defensive and when we retaliate, we are misusing and we are abusing our authority. Now, we don't like when people do that. When people overstep their authority or they do things because of their position and because of their status and it grants them a greater benefit that they shouldn't get, but only because of who they are or what they're doing at this time in life, they can exert a little more authority than actually belongs to them and get their way. We don't like that. We do the same thing as dads. We do the same thing as parents. When we get mad at our kid, when they call us out on something, especially when they're right about it. So that's a bad thing for us to do. Don't overstep your authority. Listen to your kid. So this is what happened with me. My son loves to build with me Legos. He loves to build Legos with me. We have quite the collection of little battle robots that we have built with our imagination. At some point, I need to display that. I was laying in bed with him last night thinking this would just be cool to share and just have people try to guess who built what because his imagination as a six-year-old is pretty remarkable. Anyway. He asked if I would build with him, and I told him yes. I said, I will build with you. Well, things changed that evening. Instead of eating at the house, we ended up going out to eat. We had plans to go somewhere else after we ate. We ended up getting home way after the kids' bedtime. So we got everyone ready for bed. We got them in their bed, and my son was like, hey, are we going to build? I said, buddy, it's way too late to do that. I know I said I would, but you've got school tomorrow. We can't do that tonight. So the next day, he made mention of it again. He said, Dad, do you think you can build with me tonight? I said, yes. I said, we will do it before bed. I said, it will happen. He said, okay, because last night you said that you would build with me. You told me that yesterday and last night rolled around and you did not build with me. I said, I know, buddy. Now, I could have gotten mad. I could have, I could have thrown up my guard and I could have said, well, all of these things happened and it didn't happen. You need to lose your attitude. I could have taken that route. 
Now, I said, remember, all this stuff happened, and it made it really difficult, and I wanted you to get rest, I said. And so it just wasn't smart for us to do that last night. I said, I understand that I told you something, and I didn't do it, and I'm sorry. I said, but we will do it tonight, and we did. But I thought, this is the better way to go, to just accept the fact that I'm flawed, accept the fact that there are times I say things, and I don't always follow through, that I make mistakes. I'm going to own that, that, that mistake. I'm going to be accountable and responsible for my actions. And I'm going to display that to my kid because he needs to see that. There's some things that we just need to be mindful of as dads when it comes to this. Some things that I jotted down that I wanted to share. The first is making sure that we are men of our word. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but our kids, they love us unconditionally. And they think very highly of us as they are small and as they begin to grow. But the more they begin to grow and the more they begin to learn and the more they begin to see and observe, they start to understand, okay, dad says this, but dad does that instead. Dad doesn't do this over here, but he does it here. And they start to form all of these hypotheses about why we do the things that we do and why we don't do the things that we don't do. And they don't always come to us and ask us why. And the reality is that sometimes we don't actually create the space for that to happen. I want to encourage you to be a man of your word because the more reliable you are, the more reliable your word is, the greater source of hope you're going to be to your kids. If they know they have a problem, that they're in trouble, and they come to you and you give them a word of assurance that you will help them, that you will do something, that things will be okay, they will anchor themselves to your word if they have seen your word proven time and time and time again. And what dad doesn't want that? That's what we need to try and be. Their world is going to be constantly changing. And if we can be a source of stability in their life, that's a remarkable thing for them and also for us that we get to be that, the fulfillment that you will find in being that stability for your child is going to just endure your entire life. So be a man of your word. The other thing is teach your kids to communicate. We talk about communication. We talk about it a lot from the perspective of relationship because communication builds trust. Trust is the foundation for relationship. The more you're talking and listening to your kids and with your kids, the more trust you're building, the greater relationship you're establishing and nurturing with your kids. But in doing that, there are some side effects, some good side effects that come from this. Your kid learns how to talk to people. Your kid learns how to listen. In a sense, you can say that you're equipping them to speak up to authority because they get really comfortable talking to you. They see how great you are. They see how strong you are. They see how smart you are. They look up to you. They value the things that you do. They value your word and the fact that they can come to you and talk with you and be heard by you, that says a lot for them and makes them feel special. 
And they should feel that way because they are special. And we can help them feel that way by giving them a space to communicate with us. It's kind of what God does for us. God approaches us, and we call it prayer. But really what we're doing is we're communicating with the Lord. So our kids get to experience that in a physical setting with us. And that helps them feel better about themselves, but it also equips them to be able to have conversation with other people. If they get to learn how to communicate, how to speak, and how to listen with us, then we are setting them up to be able to do that well with everybody else in their life. So create a space for your kids to be able to speak to where they're not... Allow them to speak where they don't feel threatened of some sort of an attack. If your kids have to be so worried about you retaliating or about you losing your cool when they say something, you've not created a space for communication. And I'm not saying allow them to be disrespectful. I'm not saying allow them to just say whatever comes to their mind. But the sooner you begin working with them as a child, there are building blocks that go into it. So by the time that they're teenagers, well, they've learned how to speak respectfully. They've learned how to communicate because you have started with them at a young age where they're not using profanity every other word because they lack the vocabulary to just have a good conversation. You are teaching them at a young age how to use words the right way, how to form sentences, how to use inflection in their voice, how to pair body language with what they're trying to say. You are teaching them how to communicate from a young age. I don't think you're really going to have to be too concerned with, the well, what if they overstep? And, and if they do, you handle it and you handle it the right way and you show them how they should handle that when they become a parent. But I don't think you're really going to have to be too concerned with them being disrespectful. If you are being respectful to them in conversation, that's what they're learning, and that's what they will reciprocate to you. And the other thing, the last thing that I think is really important when it comes to our kids confronting us or backtalking, as we've always liked to refer to this, is we can't be defensive. We have to give them space to confront us. We have to do that. We want to give them the experience of speaking up to authority. Not that they should just go around and speak up to authority because they want to stick it to the man. But if the authority is ever doing something that's wrong or saying things that are wrong, people need to speak up to that. People need to use their voice and say, I don't agree with that. And I don't think that's right. And I'm not going to do that. Your kid doesn't need to grow up and just do things that are immoral because the boss said to do them. Your kid does not need to grow up and do things that are immoral just because the boss said to do them. Your kids need to grow up and be people of character, people of morals. They need to be disciples going out to witness the gospel of Jesus Christ, not doing whatever the boss says to do because the boss is trying to cook the books or the boss is trying to cover something up. 
They don't need to go to church and just do everything that the preacher says just because it came from the preacher. I think that is a really big thing that's messed a lot of people up. They hear something come from the platform from a person who was flawed and imperfect. That person is not God. That person is a minister. They are a preacher, and they are flawed, and they make mistakes just like the rest of us. Everything that they say is not infallible. The Bible is infallible. The way that we interpret it, it has fallacy sometimes. I don't want my kids to go to church and hear something and just take it to heart and say, okay, this is how I'm going to live my life because this is absolute truth. That's not the case. I want my kids to grow up and walk up to the preacher and say, I noticed you said this, but the Bible says this. Why'd you say that in light of this? I want my kids, when they work for a company, if the boss tells them to do something that's not right. I want them to say, I don't think that this is ethical. I think this is immoral. I think this is not the right way to go about this. I think we should own the mistake. I think we should do X, Y, and Z, but I don't think we should try and cover it up. This is fraudulent. We shouldn't do that. And if they get fired, they get fired. But the thing is, is you're never wrong to do what's right. You're never wrong to do what's right. And when we allow our kids the space to speak back to us, to question our authority, I think that's a good thing because we prepare them to do that in their life as they grow up. But we also allow ourselves to be held accountable. And I think that's good for us to do as dads. Yeah, it comes from the kid. But why should that bother us? If we have a complex that someone that we view lesser than ourselves challenging us because we think, for whatever reason, that we're just oh so great, then we have a complex. We have an issue that we need to deal with. My son wasn't wrong. I did not go and build with him that night, and I said that I would. I failed to do what I said I would do. That's my mistake. And the fact that it was publicly stated and made open for anyone who was present to hear by someone that most would view lesser than myself, that should not bother me, and that should not bother you as a dad. We all make mistakes. And if you make a mistake, own the mistake. You trying to use an excuse and cover the mistake up only keeps you way down here. It doesn't allow you to be a better dad every day and to take that next step and to actually make progress on this journey of fatherhood. The more you try to use excuses and the more you try to defend your lack of follow through and the more you try to defend all of the mistakes that you make because you're the authority and because you lead the house and because you can do whatever you want to do. No. What you're actually doing is a lot of damage. What you're actually doing is a lot of bad. And you're not being the dad that your kids need you to be. You're not being the husband that your wife needs you to be. You're not being the leader of the home that you're designed to be. So let's wrap it up with this. Teach your kids how to talk. Communicate with them. And this will be a byproduct of you communicating to build relationship with your kids. Teach them how to use words. Teach them how to speak. 
teach them that it's okay to talk to people. doesn't matter what their status is, but they can talk to whoever they want to talk to. Show them that you make mistakes and that you own your mistakes. Don't get defensive when they call you out. Allow them to call you out. Allow them to hold you accountable because you teach them so much more than just, yes, I was wrong. Let me fix it by doing that. Let your kids call you out and deal with it. And at the heart of this, especially for me, my kids are still young. My son is not going to ask me to build with him every day. And the longer I say yes and don't follow through, the more he will start to stop asking me because he won't think that I'll follow through. And I want my son to value my word. I want my son, I want my daughters to know that when dad says something, that dad will do it. Time is short. It's fleeting. It doesn't last long. Kids are in your house for a season and then they move on and they go about their lives and your role as a father is diminished. It's still there, but it's not as impactful, at least not on the day to day. So cherish the time that you have. Be involved with your kids. When they ask you to play with them, there's nothing more important. Play with your kids. Spend time with them. Be involved with them. Communicate with them. Teach them and equip them and show them how they ought to go through life. If you get confronted along the way, smile and say, you're right. And then fix it. Don't get defensive. Own it. Be accountable. Grow. and Be the dad that your kids need you to be. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time. Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Father in Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, for more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.